Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In this deeply personal documentary film, Eat Your Catfish, we meet the matriarch of the Arjamand family, Catherine now dependent upon round-the-clock care due to a harrowing diagnosis of ALS, or as it's better known, Lou Gehrig's disease. She clings to her wit while yearning to witness her daughter's wedding. Co-directors and producers Adam Eisenberg, Sanem Tusen, and Noah Amir Arjamand, who is Catherine's son, deliver a brutally frank and darkly humorous portrait of a family teetering on the brink grappling with the daily demands of disability and in-home caregiving. It's a beautiful film, and as I said, deeply personal. And we're joined today by the two of the co-directors, Noah Amir Arjamand and Adam Eisenberg. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thanks for having us, Mike. For a lot of reasons, this film really struck a chord with me, the idea of taking care of an aging parent with a debilitating disease in this case, with your mom, Catherine, dealing with Lou Gehrig's disease, or ALS, and seeing how that affects the family. But one of the things that just floored me in the film was the idea of seeing the world around the family, the interactions of the family, from the point of view of your mom, Catherine. Noah, let's start with you and talk about the decision to do that. Yes, so this is the early... 2010s. By this point, by 2013, I had moved in with my parents. And so my mom, by this time, she, she'd had ALS for uh, about three years. She was by now living pretty much full time in her wheelchair. And I was in grad school, I was studying sociology. And at some point, it kind of occurred to me that I was part of a sociologically interesting story myself. Uh, and I kind of felt that that was something I I ought to share considering the you know access that I had to my family. But then when it came to kind of how to share it, in a way, I didn't want it to be my story about my mom, or I didn't kind of want it to be from my perspective. What I wanted to do was, was to, what I was most curious about really was kind of how an outsider looking in would see my family, you know, what they would think of us. Would they think we're all crazy? Would they take one person's side? And you know, how would there be a very clear hero and villain that kind of emerged? So what, what I ultimately decided to do was, was to uh, mount a camera just on my mom's wheelchair in such a way that I could kind of press the record button and then leave it running for many hours. So that was kind of the, the concept from the beginning was almost kind of hoover up as much footage as we can without me kind of making these decisions about where to point the camera, when to turn it on, when to turn it off, which would inevitably then kind of those choices would match my own perspective. So instead, you know, we could almost approximate my mom's field of view. But then I also knew that I kind of wasn't myself up to the task. And, and again, I didn't want it to be like my view as an insider. And so that's why this this partnership with Adam and Senem was so central to the to the realization of the project. Yeah, And by doing that, it makes it universal. It widens out the lens. I guess that's what I'm trying to get to. It widens out the lens and it widens out the opportunity for it to be relatable to to more people, I think. Adam, where did you come into the project? 
Uh, right at the start, actually. I mean, Noah had already decided to put the camera behind his mom, looking at him and the rest of the family and the caregivers. Um, he'd shot footage on a kind of a cheaper camera with bad sound. And he met up with me one day and proposed the idea that I work on it with him. And he gave me this footage. It's not footage that we use in the film. Um, what I did is when I saw the footage and I looked at it with my wife, who's the third director here, Sanem Jazem, but she can't be with us today. We looked at it together. And it was so compelling and so interesting and just really so shocking to see these moments with the family when there's not any crew present. People really have their guard down. Uh, and to see the dynamics of the family, you know, it was so rich and so interesting what was going on between the father and son and Noah and his mom and so on. And then husband and wife, you know, Catherine and, and Noah's dad, that I talked with Noah and said, why don't we try to find you know, proper funding, start over with a good camera, you know, lots of microphones and make this into a feature film over a long period. It's a really big commitment, but let's go for it. And he agreed. And so from then on. You know, we, we were a bit involved in sort of talking together about how exactly which lens to use and so on. But pretty much it was his core idea that we stuck with. Uh, and then he just kept giving us massive hard disk full of footage and that being 930 hours in all. And it took years to finish. So I, I didn't realize exactly how big a project it was when I proposed this. Um, but no regrets. Yeah. <laughs> so so how many years over what? I think seven years, six, seven years of editing. All right. We, yeah, we so I we filmed or that test footage was 2013, but then we filmed really from 2014 to 2016, and then after that, it yeah. was yeah, um, all the way maybe. all the way up until uh, fall of 2021, really. That that um, Adam and Senum were were working on the edit. We really get to know a lot about your family, but as I said, you also get to see the kind of the dynamics within a family, which. If you have a family, you're listening to us, you 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 will understand that there are always these kind of intricacies of the dynamics within a family. And in particular, I want to kind of talk about your dad, because that is something that I know I have seen in my own life in that the husband and wife dynamic in a, in a really in a situation like you find your mom and in, in your family is often the one that's the most fraught. And it certainly feels that way. Uh, let's talk about your dad. Yeah, and this is actually something that we kind of notice when we're looking at other films about, about disability, about chronic illness, about ALS specifically, is that most of them, it seems to us the vast majority of them, it's the husband or the son who is ill or has the disability and kind of the, the wife, mother, sister is in more of the caretaking role. So this was a bit of a reversal and it was absolutely a reversal in my own family. I mean, so this is, my mom had been the caretaker, more of, you know, the child raiser. My father had been out being a professor, you know, being the breadwinner, traveling a ton all the time. Uh, and then all of a sudden he, he kind of gets this thrust upon him and, you know, just a few years out from retirement where all of a sudden he's kind of de demoted from distinguished professor to toilet assistant. And it, it wasn't a role that he, he, for obvious reasons, was kind of prepared for, was comfortable with. And so I think a lot of the tension that you see in the film between them is about just the, the, the shock that my father really never got over, I think, of this, this reversal of, of roles in their marriage. Thank you for that. And 
I, we, we need to talk about your mom, your mom, Catherine, and what was her life like before? I mean, how sort of as you were, when you were being raised and all, all the things that she was so important in, in uh, foundationally important in your life and your family's life. Yeah. So my mom was in, in a way I was generally always closer with my mom to some extent. I'd say my, my sister was a bit closer with my dad or they, at least they, they've always gotten along a bit better. We grew up mostly uh, in Long Island, New York. It was after I finished high school, then my parents were kind of fed up with suburbia. They wanted a high life in the city. They moved to Manhattan. They felt like they were having their freedom kind of for the first time. Uh, and then it was just a few years later that she she got her diagnosis. And, you know, there's, I'm glad that you ask about also kind of about, about the before times and about my mom's life, you know, bef before she had ALS. And that's something that I think initially I had kind of a very pure vision. I, th I think Adam did as well, kind of a, about like, you know, we're going to, you know, almost kind of force the audience to be inhabiting her in the present and everything is going to be completely kind of in the here and now. But then eventually, I think um, Adam and Sentiment, maybe Adam wants to talk about that kind of decision a bit more. I think decided that we needed more, which which generally came in the form of my mom's narration and also of some kind of family archival images to show kind of the the trajectory of their their marriage and, and of, you know, my upbringing and, and, and of the family before that led us up to this crisis point. That sounds, well, Adam, let's pick up that uh, that thread. That, and that is that we we get to know Catherine through a lot of different ways, but let's talk about the ways in which you wanted to bring her into this more fully formed person into this project. Yeah, I can say actually we went through kind of phases of the editing process. You know, when we say we were editing, sometimes when you think about like a fiction film, you know, you, you have your script, you sit down, you match the images to the script and you're done. But here there's just a big pile of images. You know, it's like trying to write a novel uh, when you have a room full of scraps of paper and each paper's got a sentence. You know, how do you make a novel out of that? There was just a bunch of interesting sentences, a bunch of interesting things happening on these images, a lot of boring things happening too. Sometimes she's sleeping, that's not in the film, you know. But there's all this interesting stuff happening all the time. There's just so much of it. But how do you make a story out of it? And so we thought of themes and we thought about what do we feel about this family when we look at this footage? Because it's like looking into a fishbowl. You know, you're this one-way mirror where you feel like the therapist that can't give any input because you're just hearing what's happening. You're seeing the dynamics of the family. You're seeing the dysfunction. You're seeing the struggles. You're really seeing a lot of pain. And you can't do anything about it. You're just looking at it and you're analyzing it. And you're thinking, you know, what do I think about that? And my wife's thinking, what does she think about that? And, and the first phases of them talking the first year or two, I was really interested in this father-son relationship because I'm, I'm a father and I'm a son. And I could relate to a lot of the dynamics that I saw on the screen and in the footage. And then I thought, no, you know, really what's more important is about love. What does it mean to love? To really to love somebody, to be committed to somebody. What does it mean when we do our vows and say we'll, we'll stick with somebody through sickness and health and so on? And, and this, as this shifted, we also started shifting how we told the story, what we really wanted to tell, what really matters here. And, and then also, what we didn't want was to be so focused on the people we see, because we actually don't really see Catherine. In a way, we kind of are her, the point of view, but we don't see her. That's something missing. We need to hear more from, from Catherine. That's when we started doing kind of interviews by email. They were able to then use with the voice that she uses on her text-to-speech to have her narrate the film from her point of view. That's when I asked Noah to send us all the photos he has from the family because we realized that, you know, 
we're seeing a slice of life. We're seeing a slice of their family history, the, the end point, you know, kind of the end game here at the final phase of this terminal illness. And But there's a lot more happening, a lot more that happened. And you really can't understand what's happening now without remembering that there was a past when she was healthy. There was a past when she had a very different, there was a past when she had a very different role. Because Noah was saying her dad had a very different role. And just to get flashes of that and intimations of that really helps to understand and interpret what we're seeing in the present, which is where most of the film is. Yeah, I thought the way that you were able to intersperse that into the film was uh, beautifully done. I just thought it was it was the touches in over the course of the storytelling that uh, at many points in the film there were the most poignant times to be able to sort of go back in time and see where she was when they first met and raising the her children and such. And yeah, and. I, I can't say this uh, strongly enough. I, I just thought the way that she narrates the film um, and her honesty and her, and that's the thing. Well, let's talk about ALS for just a second here in the sense that it, it's a neurological, neurological disease that robs you of everything physical, but you retain much of your intellectual ability. And it certainly, certainly shines through in this film. So to have this very, honest and forthright narration of what's happening to you in the over the course of the film uh is um when i say it's so um it just kind of cuts to the quick you know it cuts you to your core to know that she's trapped in there and she she knows exactly what's going on and to watch her struggle essentially and also connect i mean it's not it's all not all struggle but it is some very um, strong connections to family and, 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 and we see that in the film, but that is, uh, that's very effective in the film, I thought. Thanks. And yeah, and, and I'd add also some very strong connections also with her professional caretakers that she, she built even after she was reliant on this assistive technology that, yeah, you know, having to do this text to speech in, in, in a way, it really makes you focus in you have to write so slowly and communicate so slowly that often she would have her communication down to the the pithiest kind of one-liners and and so i think a lot of her her professional caretakers also got her humor and you know came came to really appreciate her as as a full human being and not just kind of a set of tasks tasks for them uh despite all the difficulty that she had in, in communicating thank you for that the caretakers are remarkable people in my experience in in life that they um, do an amazing job and you you could truly appreciate it when you're left to do it for your for someone you care about and love and see just how much work and how professional they are when they do what they do um i just want to remind our listeners we're speaking with the co-directors of this uh, wonderful documentary film called eat your catfish and uh, that would be noah amir Arjamand, as well as Adam Eisenberg and not joining us right now today, right? I'm sorry, I'll say that again. Not, and not here with us is Senem Tusen. Mm-hmm. And uh, the film Eat Your Catfish will be premiering on POV, POV's uh, public broadcasting POV, and that will be on July 24th. That's a Monday. Check your local listings and will also be available on the uh, PBS app beginning on October 22nd 
um, later on this year. So be looking for this film. And I, uh, again, I, it's, yeah. And by the way, I think you can also, in the meantime, uh, for the next three months, stream it on pov.org as well. Yes. Yes. Thank you. You can. So, but the premiere will be Monday, July 24th at 10 PM. And um, yeah, so the, there's a lot going on in the film, uh, but I think we, I, I think it's safe to say that the, the wedding of your sister is sort of the end point in terms of where the story is heading. Um, and again, the beautiful thing about the film is the universality of it, seeing all the dynamics that play out and, and the, uh, the family itself, um, my congratulations to your, all the, in your family, all the people involved in this, their willingness to, to be a part of this as well. I think I want to acknowledge that they were, they certainly were, um, an important part of telling the story. Um, What's been the reaction, um, Noah? Has has this been screened in festivals? Have we? What's been the reaction to the film? Because it is an unusual perspective on on ALS or any debilitating disease uh, like this. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll maybe start, and then Adam, Adam might want to add uh, a thing or two. So we've to, to some extent kind of divided. Um, up going to to different festivals um but yeah so it's 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 screened in in the us and in europe and in several places and we had an we had opportunities to go and to you know do q a's and to talk with audience members which has been an incredible experience and i mean i i, I suppose to some extent one thing that's surprised me or, or that i've been impressed by is um kind of how relatable it's been to people who don't necessarily have what I'd consider kind of a, a similar, you know, experience with disability or something like this, but any kind of anybody who's been in this caretaking relationship, whether it's to do with, you know, mental illness to, you know, elderly parents or grandparents, things like this. So many people have come up and, and said, you know, wow, you, you know, you, sh you showed my life, basically some version of, of, so the, the relatability of it, where to some extent, I thought that we were, you know, our family dynamic was relatable, but kind of um, also cranked to or an extreme because of the particular difficulty of ALS and the difficulty my mom had communicating. And I thought we were just generally kind of uh, strange people. So I didn't know how kind of um, relatable in a sense that it, it would be. But that's that's impressed me. And then it's it's. Um, we've on occasion had people who have had very similar experiences. I mean, I, I remember going with, with actually Adam in, in Hungary, Budapest documentary festival and uh, an audience member who actually came to two, not one, but two of our screenings and then talked to us afterward. He um, said that he, he had been walking through, it was walking past the theater, seeing the sign and coming on, on kind of on a whim and his mother had died the previous week from als uh which was you know incredibly brave on his part and then it was really i mean in a sad way very interesting to hear also the kind of the comparisons uh of of what you know healthcare was like in hungary and and the particular kind of uh, horrible experience he had with the medical establishment there 
And so it's been interesting to see also as we've taken it to different geographies, to different places and to kind of where the audience members tend to be of, of different, let's say, kind of classes. Um, it's been interesting to see the reaction also just at the level of uh, what surprises people about the care, whether they think it's it's amazing and they wish they had that in their country or they think it's, you know, um, shocking how, uh, for example, how bad the nursing agency uh, was in providing us with carers and things like this. So, it, yeah, it's it's been interesting um, for me also kind of as a learning experience to be talking with audiences. Adam? Adam? Yeah, if I, if I could add, I am. Um... I think we should also be aware that and this is the reason I think we're both really excited about it being on PBS, being on public television, is that a lot of people that we want to see this film haven't been able to see it yet because people with late stage ALS uh, can't easily get to a cinema or at the time of, you know, with, with COVID, it wasn't safe to be out in a crowded cinema because uh, they have, you know, pulmonary issues and so on. So now there's really the chance for this film to be seen by families dealing with ALS, families dealing with, let's say, paralysis, or, you know, um, uh, paraplegia, dealing with this 24-hour in-home care. And this is really, for us, such a core audience because the film is as much about Catherine herself and her family as the, the issue of caretaking and what it does to a family, how it affects a family, how it affects caretakers. And, and so this is just exciting to finally reach that audience through television, which you can't through cinema. And, and I, think, I think generally the reaction we've gotten has been um, pretty typical. People, somebody in every audience would raise their hand saying, you know, I just want to say it was a lot easier to watch than I was expecting. I was afraid to come, but I came and I'm glad I came because I thought it was going to be really a hard watch. It sounds too depressing. It sounds too difficult. It sounds too slow. So in that way, uh, I think it's a funny it's kind of funny to us that everyone had that reaction that it wasn't quite as hard as they were expecting. People, yeah. I don't know, they're expecting some kind of torturous experience watching it. I don't think it is. I think there's a lot of stuff lifting about it and funny even. Um, but uh, but yeah, it really is a special thing to be able to be with audiences. But we, in this case, because of the audience we really want to reach, it's really nice that we can have it on television finally. And I will say, as I was turning it on, I had a, a moment of how hard is this going to be to watch? I really did. I mean, it's not hard to imagine how it could be that way. You're absolutely right. And the, well, I think a lot of it has to do with the honesty in the family. At least to, to my mind, your honesty, Noah, in the film and your mom's honesty and, and, and many other people in the film, the way that you're able to kind of confront these things, these difficult situations, these difficult circumstances uh, really is what propels the film along and, and, and turns it into the experience, Adam, that you're talking about. Uh, yeah, my congratulations on all fronts. It's uh, it's very compelling. It's emotional. It is at times funny. There's a certain humor in it at, at times that, that uh, carries you forward. And um, yeah, congratulations on your work. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks so much. Thank you. Again, the film is called Eat Your Catfish, and it will be, as I said, premiering on PBS's POV on Monday, July 24th, and be running, as you said, Noah, for a for the next month or so, up until October 22nd, which you can then watch on the PBS app and uh, the film again, Eat Your Catfish. The co-directors know Amir Arjuman, as well as Adam Eisenberg and Sanem Tusen. All To all of you, congratulations and look forward to another conversation down the line. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very great much. talking to you. Thank you. 
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.